This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Hi, I'm Melissa Beneshai, president and founder at Baked by Melissa. What I love about retail is that it gave me the chance to do what I love every day. Baked by Melissa started as a retail location. It's true. She's real. There really is a Melissa at Baked by Melissa, the popular and unique New York-born bakery known for its seemingly endless varieties of tiny cupcakes with 14 retail locations and a burgeoning e-commerce business that now outpaces the brick and mortar. She's a mom, a company president, and a self-described mad scientist. And rarely do you see the leader of a successful brand, much less one that has weathered the bursting of a trend bubble, who remains so in love with their business and continually creates new and exciting recipes, product concepts, and inventive marketing and partnership strategies. Coming up, why hiring her new CEO has been so important. Why scaling a company that literally hand-makes every product has been possible. How giving away 150,000 cupcakes as a message of love came from reacting authentically in real time to an important social issue. And how her love for the Grateful Dead led to her best-selling product ever. From New York City, you're listening to Retail Is Your Business, Covering the intersection of innovation and business in the retail industry. Hey, everybody. This is Mark Rako, the head of content for Mouth Media Network. Very glad to be with you. And also on the mic with us is Rebecca Fitz, uh, retail expert and real estate at Warby Parker. Hey, Rebecca. Hey. Also with me on mic is Chris Hansen, the Chief Operating Officer at Ignition One. Hey, Chris. Hey, Mark. How you doing? All right, man. Um, rainy day here in New York, but uh, ready to bring some sunshine in Soaked this to the bone. conversation. And uh, our sunshine happens to be <laughs> Melissa. Um, Melissa, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. Melissa, I- I'd like to really sort of dive in with this question. Dive in. What does Baked by Melissa mean in terms of the world of retail now versus the very moment the first door opened? How has its position in the concept of retail changed in that time? When we started Baked by Melissa in 2008, it was the tail end of the recession. Great timing, actually. People were looking for like a, a $1 treat to make them happy. And, and we were that. Lines around the corner couldn't sell or bake the product fast enough. Now, almost 11 years later, obviously, the retail industry is changed um, and we're changing with it. So we are very fortunate to have an incredible product and we are seeing slight growth year over year at retail. Our e-commerce business is um, growing at a much quicker rate, obviously, as so many others are. Um, but we're really focusing on an omni-channel experience at Baked by Melissa and using our retail locations as an opportunity to speak to our customers the same way we speak to them if they go to our website and get them to convert to a e-commerce purchase. So starting with physical location as your retail footprint, how, how do you move to e-commerce, specifically with something that 
I mean, I wouldn't say it's perishable, but it's it's challenging to ship potentially. Like, is that has that been a challenge, or has it been fairly so, easy to navigate that? So, fun fact about Baked by Melissa is we had e-commerce before we had retail, which is crazy. Yeah, so, let's unpack that. So, in 2008, I was fired from my job in advertising. Went home, baked cupcakes, sent them in to a caterer. He loved them. I started doing events with him. Literally less than two weeks after I was fired from my job as Melissa of Baked by Melissa, my brother at the time, my co-founder, my best friend. And um, he at the time, he's also an entrepreneur. He at the time was um, he had just built a web um, a company with our childhood best friend. They were building websites for people. So we literally like shot all of these beautiful images using a Canon point and shoot camera on my Ikea coffee table in my junior four converted to three bedroom apartment in Murray Hill um, days after I was fired. Was it a white Ikea table? So, so it know. was actually, it was $75. It was wood, but we put a white bed sheet oh, nice. between the cupcakes and the table itself. And when I went to the first event ever as Melissa of Baked by Melissa, we had a website, bakedbymelissa.com. You can go there. You'd see this Beautiful slideshow, just like rotating product images, drill-worthy photography, of course. And using PayPal, you could order 100 cupcakes or more to be baked by me out of my Murray Hill apartment, delivered using the subways in Manhattan, um, anywhere from like 100th Street down to you know, the financial district. And so when I went and did these events, people would pick up a business card, which had my name, my home address, my cell phone number, but also baked by Melissa.com. And that's how we got business. We also, um, seven or eight months later, opened our first retail location, which was actually in the Union Square Holiday Market. Okay, yeah. Now, you used quote marks in the <laughs> air when you did that. Why Why did you do that? Why, why? I guess I shouldn't. Why did you qualify that? Yeah. Um, it's a holiday it's a market. Pop up. Sort yeah, of. it was more of a okay. pop up. Um, and I guess I was just I was 24 years old, never worked a day in retail at the time. I didn't cl- in my mind. It, it wasn't. But it is retail. Were you working the the tent in Union Square that you were in? Or? I was baking. OK. I was in the basement of Cafe Barry on Spring and Broadway baking my ass off 17 hours a day (laughs) seven days a week with um this guy named anthony who um (laughs) the two of us literally baked nonstop, and then they would come and take the cupcakes bring them to the holiday market we would sell out and Mm -hmm. it's just this cycle we actually wound up opening in the bryant park and columbus circle holiday market so that was holiday 2008 and then when the holiday markets ended January 1st, we knew we had an incredible product that people couldn't get enough of. And we then opened our first bite size, uh-huh. if you will, mm-hmm. um, retail location that was not a pop-up uh, that was attached to the cafe, Cafe Barry on Spring Street. And you guys are still there because I was we, just... We do still have a Spring yeah. Street location. So fun fact, um, Cafe Barry was demolished and turned into a Nike town. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. We we had five incredible years there. When we actually moved into the location, Cafe Barry was on a month-to-month lease, and my co-founder yeah. actually owned Cafe Barry, and he was like, you know, just let's just keep going. I can't promise we're going to be here next month, and he said that every month for five years. So we were very lucky. Uh, you're known for your bite size. That That's certainly one of your marquee products that's what sits in the front of a lot of your retail stores that people are seeing from the sidewalk uh 
at least that's my impression. Uh, did those come out of a complete design? Like, okay, here's something different we can do. Did that come because that's just what you made two weeks after losing your job? Or did you do that as part of a strategy of even like strategy. how much materials you strategy. use? Or was, come it, on. was it a brand strategy or was it a was it a material usage strategy or what was the thinking behind that? I think any entrepreneur knows that thought process. How can I do something that's never been done before that solves for a problem? I used to eat two giant cupcakes a day. Uh, chocolate and vanilla because I couldn't decide which flavor. I lived across the street from the Clover Deli on 34th and 3rd. And I would stop in there on my way home from my advertising job in Chelsea and never could decide on the flavor. And I love cake. And maybe I was a little bit of a pothead. So like I would just eat a lot of cupcakes every day. <laughs> and when... We were so then I was also baking these tie dye cupcakes for everyone and anyone well before I was fired. It's kind of what I was known for, inspired by my love for the Grateful Dead, tie dye, the culture of the 60s and 70s. So when I was fired, I actually went home and baked normal sized cupcakes. And when I brought them in to the caterer who, who like saw the cupcakes and loved them, he suggested making them just a bite. Um, and I knew that was my chance. That was the aha. That was the very first aha moment for Baked by Melissa. Holy crap. If I could figure out how to make cupcakes just a bite, I could do what I love every day. And I did. So this was to satisfy your love of a pot so that you could continue to have cook, uh, did cupcakes. Did we find the root of Baked that... by Melissa? <laughs> I'm a muncher. <laughs> I mean, I went to Syracuse University. It's very yeah. cold there. So did I. Really? Yeah. Where'd you live? I mean, we could, uh, we could talk about that forever. for hours. So, what, I don't want to ask what year you graduated. 2006. I'm 35. Oh, my God. I'm so old. How old are you? Uh, I graduated in 1994. All right. You look great. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs> so those cold Syracuse winters. That, so uh, those cold Syracuse win um, winters, I'm not a crowded bar person. I actually worked at Harry's. Uh, John at the bar is a friend of mine. It's hysterical. He's not really. Um, is Harry still there? A little creepy. No, John. Everything else is John gone. John owned the bar. Everything else is gone but Fagan's. Oh, Harry's is still there, yes. Okay. Harry's and Fagan's are the only two left. I know. Crazy. Fagan's was great. The beer tour. Yeah. Um, the Sonoma salad, which I never anyway, Sorry, we could talk about yeah, this sorry. literally for hours. Um, so anyway, Syracuse is very cold. If I had to do it over, I probably wouldn't go there. Lake effect snow is real. Yeah, you don't realize what oh, that yeah. is until you go to Syracuse. Absolutely. I'm anyway. from Rochester. Oh, okay. So you know. And I spent a lot of nights on my green velvet couch chilling out with my friends and baking. Uh, we used to watch like 30 minutes with Rachel Ray and then go to Price Chopper at 4 a.m. and buy all the ingredients and come well, home. Well, she started it. her career at Price Chopper. <laughs> really? She used to do these cooking segments for Price Chopper, and that's oh God, how her so career started funny. in like Albany. Well, have that's you been so on Rachel Ray? Um, she has brought our product on Rachel Ray, and she like refers to us as friends, but we've never really? met. But anyway, in Syracuse, I I started. I think that's where I realized how great it feels to make things for people. Yeah. Um, I love to create with my hands. I'm a scrapbooker and a baker. I love to make things for people and give it to them because the feeling you have when somebody like enjoy something you make is unmatched. And so I do that a lot with baking. I would bake magical things. Um, yeah, <laughs> is that another air quote, magical? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, like crazy, like, oh my gosh, like funfetti sheet cakes with like some magical things in it. And like, it's like, I used to send my mom pictures, although like, I don't know how, because Whatever. Because there's no digital photography. Yeah, but I remember I have a picture, and I remember, or maybe I just told it to her. She goes, that's where my money 
money's going. Syracuse is expensive. Anyway, yeah. um, did a lot of baking there and just like arts and crafts type stuff. And then when I was working at, right after college, I really started baking my cupcakes for people. I had a colleague who loved the Grateful Dead. It was his 30th birthday. I wanted to do something special for him. I baked him red, white, and blue tie-dye cupcakes with the seal your face on them. And the response was incredible. I was like, holy crap, like I need to have this feeling all the time. And I just kept baking my tie-dye cupcakes. And you guys still have them today. Yeah. Yeah. So it was the tie-dye cupcake. And then that was what I was known for. And then the bite size was like the real, the real like aha moment. Then this is this is how we could be different from everyone else. And now the best part of my job is that when I go into a bakery, I can still order one of everything because I'm Melissa and it's my job. Got to try everything. So how many locations? 14 right now? We have 14 retail locations. Is that franchise or it's your location? No, privately owned. Okay. Um, how do you envision the business right now as – is it more land and expand? Let's have 100 locations. Let's franchise. Let the, what's the sort of long runway plan here? Sure. So this year – 2019 will be the first year that e-commerce outperforms retail, which is very exciting for us. Is that by design? Is that by strategy? So we've invested over a million dollars in e-commerce this year. Um, we're building a new website. We are really focusing on digital marketing. We actually just finished building out our digital marketing team for this current phase that we're in. Um, and we're going to open pop-ups. I think pop-ups are a great opportunity for us to get people to experience our product. We have best-in-class product, and our goal is trial. Uh, when people try our product, they fall in love with it. I, like, have the chills when I say that. There's the My favorite thing in the world is to just watch somebody experience Baked by Melissa for the first time. And we actually have this survey on our website. So after you check out... Uh, you get a survey and it asks you, you know, a few questions. And one of the questions is, how did you hear about us? Over 70% of our customers hear about us by word of mouth. We have the perfect, we make the perfect gift, right? So we have our customers, they send our product to somebody that's never experienced it before. They're so wowed and they love it. And then they in turn purchase it and buy it for other people. And that's our best form of marketing. So my kids, I told them I was doing a podcast today. And I said, they were like, they could care less. They're like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> and then I said, yeah, I'm meeting the the woman from Baked by Melissa. And it was like, wait, you're, who are you? Me you're meeting Melissa? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. I mean, they were, it was, they were starstruck. They, they didn't, they could care less about me having a podcast. They heard Melissa, Baked by Melissa. And they were like, oh my God, that's amazing. So my kids are totally, have Thank that experience. You. And they've had that experience when they were a kid, they, they've they've been, you know, and I think it is that that sort of word of mouth. I, I was trying to think when you're talking about the pop-up stores or the pop-up locations, and I was trying to think when I first had a Baked by Melissa cupcake, and I can almost remember it was probably around 2008, 2009, cool. and I think a vendor came into the office going, because we were, at the time, we were near Bryant Park, mm -hmm. or actually, we were near Union Square at the time, so I think they went to one of the pop-up locations, and they brought it in, I was like, what is this? Because you, I mean, you can gain weight being in advertising, doing anything in our space, you're constantly have food around sure. you, and I remember thinking, like, this is absolutely brilliant for that particular reason that, oh my God, it's a guilty pleasure, but it's not, like, I could have three of these, 
and yeah, I can try the tie-dye. Size is like five right. to seven cupcakes, which is crazy. Everything's just around 50 calories. They're, it's like the perfect ratio of cake to icing to stuffing to topping. They're perfectly fresh because they have no paper. So mm-hmm. like most cupcakes and baked yeah. goods, like they have a way to not be as good. Like, you know, like those standard cupcake has this paper, the cuppy thing that it's baked in and it actually <laughs> keeps it fresher longer. Well, at Baked by Melissa, we're literally working with such sense of urgency to just minimize the amount of time the cake is exposed to air. Are you looking, have, have you considered the messaging of, from a sustainability standpoint and not using that paper compared to other bakeries or other cupcakes or whatever as one of your talking points? That is something that we're super focused on and passionate about personally as well. We do so many things to limit our footprint. Um, So like our shipping box is the insulated thing that keeps the product cold, is made out of plastic water, recycled plastic water bottles. Um, We haven't really used it for marketing yet. Or maybe we won't ever because Mm -hmm. I still think that there's more we can do. And I feel like it would be like for the wrong reason, you know? All right. So let's talk about retail from a more global standpoint with your business. I'm very interested. There are those who say or have said that, you know, cupcakes is slash was a fad, a trend, what have you. And they're definitely cupcake businesses that have – Close their doors. Uh, Notable ones. Sure. Crumbs. Crumbs. I pass by a former Crumbs location every day and I go, what happened there? So so here's my question. How is it that you feel you have transcended a fad or a trend and, and see such a bright future? It sounds like this isn't actually about cupcakes at all. Well, oh my gosh, I could respond to you for like 10 minutes so a you got it i am our product was my firstborn child Mm -hmm. i used to refer to them as my babies um now i have real babies so it's kind of weird and i can't call my cupcakes my babies i guess i can and i just did but i'm so passionate about our product it's literally my favorite thing in the whole world i see the vessel the cupcake as like my vessel for flavor if If you've experienced Baked by Melissa, you'll see that it's really just all of your favorite dessert combinations in the shape of a cupcake, a bite-sized cupcake. You have peanut butter and jelly. You've Right now we have chocolate-covered – oh, my gosh. Right now we have chocolate-covered – well, okay. Right now we have chocolate-covered graham, which is amazing. It's like a dark chocolate-covered graham cracker because that's my favorite thing. I've also found this ingredient. It's cookie butter that we import from Belgium because it's the only way to get – Yeah. No, not speculos. Okay. Um. Not going to tell you what the name is, but okay. it's not. It, the speculos is a little too um, spicy. Like okay. it's a little heavy on the spices for me. So I found this cookie butter that's the best cookie butter I've ever had, and it tastes like graham cracker. So I use it as graham cracker cream. So that is uh, chocolate covered graham. I just love chocolate covered graham crackers. But there are three flavors for our summer assortment that we already launched it's marshmallow, chocolate bar, and graham cracker. And together they make a s'mores because, oh my gosh, who doesn't love a s'mores? And I like to eat cupcake sandwiches, so now you could stack the three of them together and get a s'mores. So these are three separate cupcakes that you have to eat together. And so, like, 
I mean, like, it's brilliant. I, it's like a flight. I love it. Right. Then I also have this flavor that I do that's called donut. And because if you ate it with a blindfold, you'd think you're eating a donut. I found the spice that is in wow. a donut that makes it taste what like kind a donut. Of a donut? Um, a like classic a donut, like, like a, a what like are they called? Um, apple cider or, donuts. Oh, okay. But oh, wow. I don't know much. But it are they made with apple cider? I don't know. Um, mace is the spice, and you just use a little bit of it. And it gives you like fresh donut uh, feeling. Cookie dough, obviously. I mean, who doesn't want to eat cookie dough? Our cookie dough cupcake is just as much cookie dough as do, you have icing and cake. Do you do savory cupcakes also? We or is that on the map? If I had a dollar for every time somebody asked me about savory cupcakes, um, we do like salty sweet combinations. Um, when you say savory, like what do you have in mind? You want me to make a hamburger into a I'd cupcake? Bacon, egg, and cheese. No, cupcake. No, that was... would be amazing. I actually once put That'd like tempty cream cheese on the yellow cake and dipped it right. in everything bagel seasoning. It well, was okay. It, it, it's funny you say that because that literally what I was thinking was about like an everything bagel. Okay, so here's why I'm asking. I realize you've been asked this before, but I'm curious whether you've said that's not what we are or whether you've said we've tried that it didn't work or that's a future thing on the roadmap or that's a different business we want to do or, you know, so. I'm open to everything. I love to experiment. I, I When I'm not at work, I am in my kitchen and I'm cooking. Like uh, food makes me happy, all types. And so I've tried it. I didn't think it was delicious. I wouldn't have purchased it myself as a customer. Mm -hmm. And I think my greatest strength is flavor combinations, all different types. Um, you should try my chops. My Israeli salad is just as good as our cookie dough cupcake. So it's just not for us. I don't think it'll ever be for us. Um, savory, maybe, yeah. but definitely not tempty cream cheese on a yellow cake dipped in. Well, you know, there's something to be said about that. Season. There's something to be said about about knowing your lane, staying in it, sure. being true to it, not being distracted by the occasional person that says, hey, have you tried savory? You know, and then saying, well, geez, maybe we should satisfy that little quorum of people and see what happens. Well, that Listen said, to... we very much listen to our customers and their feedback, and we're willing to try things. So we've tried things that didn't work. And those have been the best lessons for us because if we didn't try them, we would never know. And, and you know, it only gives us more confidence in the direction we're taking the business. So the good thing I think about your idea, Mark, is specifically the name Baked by Melissa, you could actually expand where there are plenty of companies, like I would even think some of like your competitors. What does baked mean, like, you mean? Well, yeah, I mean, baked could be, you can make a bite-sized biscuit type instead of a cupcake type you know, same same concept, F good flavors. Sure, I could also size. put weed in the cupcakes Absolutely. and sell well, them in all of the places where it's totally legal. And obviously, come on, that's definitely something I've given thought to. But it's not who we are, like right now. <laughs> There's not a CBD oil cupcake. Well, coming. oh my god, yeah. I can't tell you how many. Like <laughs> how many my times CEO and I just like send each other articles. You know, they just made it yeah. illegal to put CBD in food in New York City. Oh wow! Coming up, uh, let's get into how Big My Melissa is thinking about and executing uh, consumer experience in a way that may be unique to you and how you're thinking about it going forward. But first, we've talked a lot about food. We've talked a lot about Baked by Melissa. And one of the things that we love to do on this show as a tradition is our guests will bring something for all of us to share. It's a way to break bread or cupcakes and, uh, and find out kind of why someone brought what they did. So my guess is being the Melissa of Baked by Melissa, there's a chance you may have brought some Baked by Melissa. 
I brought a lot of stuff. So I would love to know what you brought and why. So when I heard snack, I got excited. All right. And uh, I heard about this opportunity only yesterday. So like it didn't have t- I would have even prepared possibly. I love I love snacks. And there are so many snacks that inspire all the different flavors that Baked by Melissa. So of course I brought Baked by Melissa, but I also brought my favorite snacks. All right. Um Okay, so uh, before Melissa tells us what it is, everything that she's brought here, I would like to remark that, that that out of all of the shows at Mouth Media Network, I feel that the variety of snacks that have been brought is among is top tier. Uh, there's a good variety, and I salute Melissa for your exuberance and and really playing into the concept of snack time. Oh wow! Was this to cover every possible food allergy, non-food allergy? She's very considerate. Snack time. I was never an overachiever in school until I got to bake by Melissa, and now I just (laughs) like I found my passion, guys. All right. So the first snack I brought is um, our Sesame Street cupcakes. Oh my god! As a (gasps) thirty-five-year-old who grew up watching Sesame Street, and now a mom with two young children. Sesame Street is fucking I, awesome. I'm I'm gonna get those like, for my I wife. She's a huge. Wait, you didn't know that when you were growing up, and now <gasps> no, you now realize that. I watch that. it with my kids, and like you know, there's like that stigma about like putting your kids in front of the TV, but like Sesame Street allows me to do that and know that they're learning and they're getting smarter, stronger. Who's your favorite character at Sesame Street? Um, in this assortment, it's Big Bird because Big Bird is made with cake batter icing and overstuffed with dolce de leche. And the oh, combination of those two things Lord. is just so good. We have Elmo Cookie Monster. Yeah, great. what is Cookie Monster? Cookie I, I... Monster is stuffed with cookie dough, iced with cookies and cream icing, and then topped with cookie dough and Oreo. Come on. Only Oreos. Never like the Hydrox or uh, imitation. Yeah. Very important. Huh. And what is Oscar? Do you have Oscar the grass? Oscar the is green Beautiful. with chocolate icing and a Come marshmallow. On. And the vanilla cake actually has chocolate chips in it. <laughs> Elmo is is red velvet with chocolate icing. Look how proud she is. Um, I mean, no, come on. Sesame Street. It's it's brilliant. Sesame Street is like, so they're celebrating their 50th anniversary this year, and we're an official partner with them. <gasps> um, we have these flavors available in our stores throughout the end of the year, and we're going to do more with them, too, that I'm, I'm working on it, because when I get set on something, I... All right, I'm going back to when my kids were young. Are the oh, and this is Abby Kajabi. Oh my gosh, I brought my at the time she was two and a half, and I brought her. They were so nice to invite us to. You went to the workshop. We went to Astoria Silver Cup Studios and watched them film an episode. And Scotty met Abby, and it was actually like the happiest moment of my life. You know that first moment when you like experience joy through your child. That was that was it for me. So that's Sesame Street. And then, oh my gosh, hold on. This is so the three flavors that I was talking about that make up a s'mores. You have marshmallow, which is vanilla cake. Then you have graham. So the graham cracker is the one that so the you three, got the special. Yes. Yeah, so the graham cracker is the one that we import the cookie butter from Belgium yeah. for. Then we have chocolate bar, which is made with a Hershey's chocolate bar. Obviously, if you're having a s'mores and marshmallow and the three of them together, if anyone would like to do it, is a s'mores. I'm going to do it. 
But when you said snacks, I had to bring you my favorite snacks, too, because really this is how I, you know, people are always like, how are you inspired? Like, what do you do to create? So this is really it. These are the snacks that I typically have at home, and I can't go to sleep without eating either a bite-sized cupcake or a piece of dark chocolate. Peanut butter is my favorite condiment. It should be put on everything. I've and never thought of peanut butter as a condiment until now. I think anything I, that spreads is a condiment. <laughs> I've had these arguments with folks before. Have you? Is this Absolutely. <laughs> because I am anti-condiment. I am generally anti-condiment. <laughs> Me too. And I put peanut butter in there. Like you know mustard what? is the gross. You know what I taught my daughter last night or two nights ago at dinner? I was like, Scotty, she said like, Mommy, do you want sauce on that? I'm like, Scotty, just like a general rule of thumb for food is that if something needs sauce, it's probably not good. I could not agree with you more. <laughs> and she's like, okay, Mommy. What's your take on mayo? My husband hates mayo. Hates mayo. I, like, I don't put, like, if I make tuna, I actually use tahina and, like, vegetables or something like that. Um... There are certain ways to use mayo that I think are good. So, like, if you don't have butter and you're making a grilled cheese on the pan, oh, you could, fair. like, yes. use the mayo and it makes it super crispy. Mm-hmm. Um, like somehow a blended cake, it's yes. good, like, for fat. But, like, mayo is probably, like, 25% of the reason that America is obese. Like, okay. Anyway. All right. Wait. That looks good. Let's dig in. And uh, oh, there's more. Yes, Uh I'm sorry. Like snack. No, she. Look, you brought a lot of snack. I think we should give you room with them here. I just want to like take you inside my brain a little bit. Okay. Because and I want some snack. All right. So this is like how I develop new flavors. I'm like people are always asking like what's your process like, and it's all in my head, and it's all because I love dessert. So peanut butter and chocolate are two of my favorite ingredients. Um, I was actually at Fairway because I got here early and it was pouring rain. I'm like, oh, let's let's really do the snack thing right, you know? And I like I want to show them. So this quinoa, dark chocolate quinoa, is actually something that I invented. Dark chocolate quinoa. They're, they're knocking me off, man. Come on. Like, I'm not gonna even say the brand, but we have a dark chocolate brittle because it's impossible to make chocolate crunchy, but puffed quinoa actually works. Oh, wow. So this is something that I've been using for a while. Our Gluten-free chocolate cupcake has a quinoa crunch brittle, and it makes it crunchy. So, like, (laughs) very cool. That's what microphones are made for. I guess, like, if I was at home and my husband was putting my kids to sleep, I might take out the peanut butter and then dip some chocolate in it. Dip the chocolate in the peanut butter. And I know this sounds crazy, but... A little piece of popcorn a on top. Piece By of the way, that's kind of pretty. Top. It looks like a little yeah, Melissa like a cupcake. Old, bake my a Melissa. Little, and so, and this is kind of this is what I do in my free time. I don't know what you do in yours. Oh my gosh! Um, do do you. I have to crunch into the oh. mic on this? And, no, it's and up to you, this Chris. is how I think of like what wow. to do next. And then I also brought. Is this a is this a flavor combination under consideration? Um. Yes, I I like popcorn because it's a great way to add salty. Mm. Um, I'm gonna have some too, so I'm just dipping That's dark chocolate good. in peanut butter and putting popcorn. And the, the popcorn chocolate in. quinoa is like a healthy Nestle crunch. Totes, exactly, and you know what's in it, right? Mm-hmm. It's just dark chocolate and quinoa. I use puffed quinoa at Baked by Melissa all the time, and then I also brought this um, little clustery snack mm-hmm. because. We have a new 
product line launching in September that was very much inspired by sesame seeds and sunflower seeds and and chia and um i'm trying new things and mm-hmm. we're gonna see how our customers respond to it okay i mean i have to this is like this is what i would that's really, really do. yeah come on by the way what is the best selling baked by melissa cupcake and why do you think that is <laughs> <laughs> I'm very proud to say that the best-selling baked by Melissa Cupcake is our tie-dye, our signature flavor. Why do I think that is? I think that people eat with their eyes and their mouths. Yeah, I've learned that through my experiences creating products for the past 10-plus years, 11 years of baked by Melissa. Whenever I create anything, and I still make every flavor and every product, um, I know that it has to look beautiful and taste delicious. So... A lot of these flavors you'll see here are there are things there to make it look good, but it doesn't really contribute to the flavor. Although I will say that the the cake, the stuffing, the icing, and most often the topping are very much there for a reason of the taste component. And I, I, I tell them exactly how much stuffing to put in. So some flavors are stuffed, and then other su- flavors are overstuffed with an icing ring. So... This chocolate-covered graham cracker flavor is chocolate cake overstuffed with that imported cookie butter. And then there's a dark chocolate icing ring because I want the cookie butter to really shine as part of the graham cracker. And then it's topped with a Nabisco graham cracker. Wow. Well, let's uh, – let's. how much more can we dive in here? I still haven't had a cupcake. No, that was so good. I, what? Like, I'm Melissa, and I'm still obsessed with the cupcakes. It's just because we have an incredible product. It's crazy. I want to try the Do, non-speculose. Are, are every one of these cupcakes made literally by hand? That is a wonderful question. Thank you. Our product is in, is made entirely by hand with only the most delicious ingredients like Skippy peanut butter and Hershey's fudge and you, the things that I grew up with. You must really get a lot of people out there that say, yeah, that's really awesome, Melissa, but how can you possibly scale – massively if it's made by hand and all that stuff how how do you react to those kinds of questions do you get those kind of comments we've i'm not we've questioning had your model, that just conversation so our ceo has been with us for three years he's a dream i could not have um dreamed him into my reality and i still don't believe he exists what's like, his background where does he, he come? um he was the ceo of everlast worldwide the boxing, the boxing company. He ran Models Sporting Goods. He was the COO there, and he worked at Iconics. Um, we met by chance through our investor, actually, when we knew. My brother is an entrepreneur. He was our CEO for eight incredible years, and he's an entrepreneur. And he recognized that you know we needed a, a phase two CEO. And so he continued to create, and he just launched his new company, which is amazing. It's called By Humankind. It's like... Um, sustainable uh, deodorant. He like reinvented mouthwash. He's a genius. Um, And then Seth came in in September 2016, so almost three years ago. And he really embraced the handcrafted because before Seth, we did wonder, you know, like we have a board, we have these conversations and you just, there's nothing like handcrafted. You can't automate bite-sized cupcakes because the slightest variance is going to throw off the entire thing. And that's something that I've been saying, like, I would never try and automate this. This is a labor of love. 
and each cupcake is like art. I feel for me that's something that I I know inherently, but I don't know that that messaging has been something that's been pounded on me. From Make by Melissa. Yes. And, and, and my question is, do you want that to be more understood? Should that be more understood or does it not matter? Were you in our office? <laughs> so we did market research almost two years ago, which is crazy. And we learned a lot. We learned our customer is Jordan. She's me. She's a working mom with two kids who needs convenient and easy and loves to bring the best, most delicious, coolest dessert. Um, and we, our, we have two customers. We have Jordan and corporate, of course. Our B2B business is an incredible opportunity that we're putting resources behind. Um, what we also learned is that the three aspects of Baked by Melissa that our customers love are that we're handcrafted, our cupcakes come in a variety of flavors that are always changing, and Melissa is real. Um, we did all this market research to find out that our customers really care that I'm real. Um, but it, but it, was, it was so great for us because now everything that we do is guided by those three principles. And we don't do a good enough job. We recently added um, a one-cheater. So basically, when you receive, I guess, the thought of – I'm going to go back a little bit. Um, I did this like interview for People magazine and it was like an incredible opportunity. And I'm in the Uber going back to the office and I'm like, I'm always so hard on myself. And I'm thinking like, shit, like, is the person who watches this like conversation with me, are they going to take away the fact that like our cupcakes are made entirely by hand and they come in a variety of ever changing flavors? And I'm being so hard on myself, like trying to make sure I nailed it. And I'm like, wait a second. Every single customer who gets our product for the first time doesn't take away that information. So we created this like beautiful insert for our shipping box. And when you, we made our shipping boxes bright pink with great messaging that also states all that stuff. And then when you open the, the flaps, the first thing you get is this um, piece of paper that's the same exact size as the box that actually says handcrafted with like a little message and beautiful product shots variety of flavors and then there's a picture of me and my family so like most is very much real so now that you're investing on the digital side is that going to carry through do you think into Absolutely. your digital so marketing i'm working on um content so content is like something that and we've come so far and it's so crazy and i'm sure everyone can relate like there's always so much more you want to do we've only hit the surface but knowing who our customer is and what they're looking for is kind of like our North Star, right? So um, I wrote a book in uh, a cookbook in like 2000 and I don't know, whatever, a couple of years ago. And the photographer was like my friend through friends and we're like creative soulmates and she shot it and we had the best time and it was such a happy mess. And we came away with this book of the most gorgeous jewel worthy pictures of cakes that I created that you've ever seen. And my CEO and I were like walking back to the office. We're like, how can we get that vibe on our website? Three days later, I'm like, oh my God, duh. Like have Ashley shoot all of our products. So we do that now. Every quarter we go to the bakery for over a week and we, I creative direct the photo shoot uh, with Ashley and we have the time of our lives and that's how you see all of the product photography. Um, content in general is something that we're working on creating more. So actually we just met with a videographer. We're going to uh, shoot me making this like special thing um, that really um, shows that 
not only am I real, but I'm very much involved in creating all of the cupcakes and that that'll come out um, in early September. I'm really excited about that. So we're just like, you know, trying to always be better than we were yesterday. We've been sitting here a while with a lot of cupcakes in front of us and uh, it's time to taste them. So uh, right after this, we're going to get into Omnichannel and consumer experience and much more here on Retail Is Your Business. Keep in touch on Instagram and Facebook at Mouth Media Network and find prior episodes wherever the best podcasts are found. So, Melissa, you mentioned Omnichannel, and I'm curious how you're connecting the experience from e-commerce, which seems to be growing rapidly and now sort of expanding beyond your retail or, or, or growing faster than your retail, potentially. How do you connect those two things? I mean, you're saying that you're creating this wonderful curated content. Does that carry through to the store? Is the intention of doing that? And then vice versa, how do you do it from store to e-commerce? That's a great question and something that we literally ask ourselves every single day. It's something we're working towards. So right now we're actually building a new website where it's a significant investment for us and it will allow us to capture our customers at retail and either have them purchase through our website while they're in the store or um, also like the new website speaks to our store technology and it'll allow everything to work together. We're very much focused on our technologies in our store and our website and making sure they can speak to each other. Very, very important for us. Right now, the goal is to educate our customer in the stores with what we have. So I think there's always going to be something more that we can be doing. But right now, all of our store associates know that our customers should be educated on the fact that they can ship our products anywhere in the United States. They could do pickup, free pickup, um, delivery anywhere in Manhattan. There's so much that we can still do. How does the B2B piece work? So I, that's my exposure originally to Baked by Melissa. Is B2B saying. is crazy opportunity for us. And I think our CEO is just so smart and so good. So when he came in, we had no B2B team and we had no real digital marketing team. And so that was those were like two of the first things that he did. He built out a B2B team and he built out a digital marketing team. And still building those teams out today. But we had a ton of B2B business organically that were coming in through our regular channels, our website, our um, our stores even, and calling our customer happiness department in our corporate office. So we're trying to just filter those customers through our B2B team and give them a curated experience for them. We actually run digital ads to speak to our corporate customer. We've created product for our corporate customer. So as an example, our corporate gifting is, I mean, come on, a fruit basket? No, baked by Melissa. December, we're we're sending like <laughs> we're sending so many freaking cupcakes all over, and like big big companies are using Baked by Melissa to send to all of their clients. We know, get this, sales teams use us. Baked by Melissa has a higher conversion rate than any other gift sent by salespeople. Totally makes sense. I'm actually thinking like there's probably a way that you can create 
enablement for the sales teams to come in and say, I just had a great meeting, just go on a website and then send it off like that quickly as opposed to having even these corporate relationships. Like we have a, we use some company that helps our sales team. They just go in and it's almost like their own website experience where they can send things off very quickly um, after a meeting. That Absolutely. So we're for our new website is going to have a lot more of that capability. Right now, there is a corporate page at bakebymelissa.com. You could go, you could request a free sample. We'll send it to you because we know that our product sells itself. And um, there's like a ton of information for that. So, you know, I think people these days, like uh, most of us are very, very used to uh, communicating via website. And then the people who really want a personalized experience and speak to somebody human, we have that too. So I come from the physical side of the the business. So um, I'd love to hear a little more about, and I've been to a bake by Melissa, but, um, you know, for people listening, um, you know, the experience, because that's such a huge part of, you know, the physical space. Um, and then conversion, although I smile when I say that, because I can't imagine anybody walking in and kind of turning it down. Although to the omni-channel point, maybe they don't take it with them. And, um, you know, what are you seeing out there in the physical space? In the physical space, we're very focused on our visual merchandising. And we've been a lot more strategic with that. And I guess like focusing on the messaging to our customer, the way we visual merchandise our website, now we're doing in retail as well, making sure that the product that we want to sell them is really upfront, um, often on the counter. We have these crazy limited edition assortments like Sesame Street. We have six packs. We have 25 packs. We're going to have these incredibly beautiful gift boxes that I literally cried when I saw for the first time because there's nothing more beautiful in this entire world. Like you'll see and then you'll understand. Um, We also have an assortment called the latest and greatest, which is my favorite. The latest and greatest is every flavor. So we have our eight OGs, the original greats, three seasonal flavors, and then a mini of the month that's always changing. That all comes in the latest and greatest. Right now, we also have an assortment called the current cravings, which is six additional flavors that I've created for a very limited amount of time based on the time of year and ways to complement the latest and greatest flavors, those two assortments together are every baked by Melissa flavor. And so we use our visual merchandising to communicate that to the customer when they walk in. And then, of course, like it's our brand, right? Like the experience you have on our website or when you receive our product in the mail or via delivery or walking into our store, like there's a vibe that I have when you talk to me like here today that we do everything we can to translate to the store experience. And it's as simple as getting greeted by like a happy, smiling, passionate person who's behind the counter and so happy to be selling cupcakes to people. Like all of that together is the experience and what we've learned converts our customers to great sales. Right. And it's funny, as someone said to me the other day, you know, just kindness and happiness is actually really part of the experience. It doesn't have to be necessarily something high tech or, you know, um, something, you know, bells and whistles. Nothing which is converts great. better than kindness and right. happiness. Well, especially when you're buying cupcakes. <laughs> exactly. I was going to say, I hope you're going and... in with, you know, that positive attitude yeah, anyway. Knowledge, <laughs> knowledge about what's there. A lot of people have questions. We have a lot of flavors right now. Well, what do I like? Oh, do you like chocolate or vanilla? Is this for yourself or as a gift? We have these beautiful gift boxes. Oh, you have kids with you? Did you see our Sesame Street assortment? Tailoring the experience to the individual who walks into the store and actually like 
Like, you know, like we're having a real conversation. Everyone wants to have a real conversation. People want to to know that you're like interested in why they're there and what they're doing and how can you tailor that experience for them. That just makes them happy. Right. It, it can't be canned. Um, this is probably a little on the edge, but if people are really interested nowadays and they have the internet, so they already know about you. They probably already know about you as a brand anyway. Um, are you getting questions on, and I'm sure you are, food questions. So I, I know you probably have some gluten-free product, um, as well as sustainability seems to be all over the place. And it certainly applies to food as well. That might be a little left of left for you guys. but No, not at all. Yeah. So both of those questions are great. We listen to our customers and their feedback. So gluten-free is something I actually developed while I was pregnant with my first daughter. I was going to say, it's it's almost a little old news now, but I think it's interesting. So funny. So I refuse to put out product that's not the best or delicious and gluten-free is not something I ever really had to eat. I don't have much experience with it. And dude, like the gluten-free baked goods I've had, they're not good. (laughs) They usually taste like rice, like (laughs) sandy and not moist. Um, So I was like half-heartedly working on gluten-free for a while and it was just not something I was passionate about and it definitely showed because we never had a great product. And then I got pregnant and would you know it, I got a gluten sensitivity. It was like, thank you, God. Like it was like the stars aligned and helped me finalize this product. I, I wound up like whenever I had gluten for like the first 20 weeks of my pregnancy, I would get um, eczema on my legs. And it was, and it took a while to figure out, but then I did. And I was like, what? This is crazy. I'm finally pregnant and I have a reason to eat everything and anything. And I can. I was like distraught. But anyway, I finalized the gluten free assortment with the help of my husband, who the two of us are the product development team at Bake by Melissa. Long story, great story. <laughs> um, and we did that. We are working on a vegan assortment. We're actually testing it in our fashion district location. And in our store on 61st and Lex, go try it. It's phenomenal. I was very set on testing this assortment because I love to hear from the customers. We've actually made some changes based on their feedback. We'll be launching that assortment very soon. We'll be shipping it everywhere. I think vegan is real. Like plant-based diets, I totally understand. And I'm very passionate about food. And I love understanding the trends in the industry, not only in the dessert industry, but really just... Uh, everywhere. It's so interesting. And we have so much work to do as a company, also as a country. Um, And then with the sustainability portion, I I'm wearing a freaking leaf around my neck. Like I I my I call my dad Mark Nature. Like it's something that I'm very focused on and I am very passionate about. And we're doing things every single day to minimize the amount of waste that we that we have as a company. Our the I, I already mentioned this, but like the insulated packaging in our shipping box is actually made from recycled water bottles. We've really gone through all of our marketing materials. We used to have like we used to put everything in a plastic bag. That's crazy. We don't do that anymore. We used to have multiple pieces of paper. We stick to one menu. And and we're still focused on this. We're actually working with FedEx to see if we could figure out ways to to shrink our package and, and make it as small as we can. It's not something we talk about from a marketing perspective because I think it would be disingenuine. Like, we're... We sell cupcakes. We have packaging. We're doing everything we can to to minimize that because that's the right thing to do. And we're not trying to use that to our advantage right now. So right. how do you sense. balance that? Because it's something I was thinking about just this month when we were thinking about our own marketing. And 
you know, everyone on LinkedIn had like changed their logos to rainbow logos. And I know you guys have like a, a, pro, a seasonal like pride assortment. We do have a seasonal pride <laughs> assortment and we are donating a portion of proceeds to the center, which is a New York City based charity, which is very important to me. That so we that seems like really that. genuine. And but how do you guys wrestle with that on, on an ongoing basis? Like, how do you balance the what you said, which is like, do we have to really advertise that we're just being conscious of this? Like, should we? Okay. I, as you can tell, I really love my CEO. He's like my favorite person and he's taught me so much. And one of the things that he's taught me so well is just great communication. In our relationship as business partners, he over communicates. And I think that's what has build our relationship as partners so strong. And I'm sure like we've all gone through this as people where like you'll think something and you'll like, no, you should communicate it to like your wife or your colleague, but you don't. And it probably puts you in the shitter a little bit and you should have. So like he's so good at really just like capturing those fleeting thoughts and really communicating them. And I think it's such a good example, like on a person to person level to then kind of um, apply to business so if we don't communicate it to our customers, then they're never going to know. And if we're doing something that we want them to know, we have to communicate it. We have different strategies of communication. We have our newsletter. We have digital marketing. We have, of course, our social media like platforms. And we can be better at it, I think. But we're focused on that for sure. Is there something that we would be remiss in not covering that we might not know to cover that's a part of the story as it's unfolding for you that were we to know about it, we would kick ourselves later and say, why didn't we ask about that? Sure. So the company I like. So that for me is just the attitude that founded and continues to grow big by Melissa. Um, I believe it to be essential to success and I believe it to be the reason we can continue to do what we do every day. What is what is? Um, so Baked by Melissa was founded by a girl who was fired from her job and went home and did what made her happy, right? I I got fired. I went home. I baked my cupcakes because that's what I love to do. And that's what makes me happy. I think the average person would probably go home for being fired and feel sorry for themselves, maybe drink a little too much or like just like self-loathe because who doesn't like to do that? But we all need to really take responsibility for the way that we respond to the things that happen to us. It's so easy to blame others for things. And we have to kind of change that way of thinking and see every challenge as an opportunity to learn and grow. That's what I did the day I was fired. And that's what we do every single day Baked by Melissa. We see every challenge as an opportunity. So like, for example, my CEO, he came in three years ago. And obviously, like there were things that we could have been doing better. And he's like a real operator. And so he would ask these one off questions. We'd be in the conference room, he'd be sitting at the head of the table, he'd ask a question, he'd, he'd learn something that we were doing that probably wasn't great. And he'd take his hands and he'd put his head down and he'd go like this, like hands, head, you know, like, fuck. And That happened like every day (laughs) for like a month, let's say. And so I go over to him one day and I'm like, you know what I've learned about you? (laughs) Like when you go like this and you put your head down on the table and your hands on your head. (laughs) It's over. I'm like, I know that you're like, holy shit, this is terrible. How did they let this happen? 
but I love it because you pick your head up and you're like, this is great. This is a great opportunity for us. And literally he found tens of thousands of dollars to hundreds of thousands of dollars every single day for the first months that he was in his role as CEO. And it's his attitude towards challenge that took those things and made them solutions and positive lessons for us instead of like, oh, you guys are such fucking idiots. You know what I mean? And like, I do think the average person responds that way. At Baked by Melissa, we train our employees from the corporate to the store to the bakery level to when you find yourself feeling frustrated with something that's happening in the company, to see it as an opportunity, to be able to capture that and and do something with it. Bring it to your supervisor. And if you don't feel comfortable bringing it to anyone else, then bring it to me, Melissa, and tell me what's going on. No judgment here. We're going to find a solution together and you're going to like you're going to shine for it. Can you talk about perhaps from a global company level, things like that that may not be about an individual person's concerns or or challenges, but from a company standpoint where let's say you undertook an initiative. I got and a better. It clearly one. collapsed and you made lemonade out of lemons. Okay. So, in August 2016, I'm laying in bed watching the news. The leader of our country is saying things that were making me very sad. I get a phone call. It's like 10 p.m. It's way past my bedtime. I can't believe I'm still up. My CEO is calling me. Like, we're like new friends, you know? Like, he hasn't even been with us for a year. I'm like, why is Seth calling me at 10 p.m.? He's like, I'm watching the news. I'm pacing on my deck. I can't believe these anti-Semitic comments that are coming out of our president's mouth. Like, try Like, it, this is crazy, and I want to do something about it. I'm like, okay, Seth. Like, what do you want to do? He's like, I want to give away three million cupcakes in the name of love. I'm like, okay, well, I don't know if we could do that. <laughs> but, like, how many, like, so he, he said, like, I want to, like, use our platform as a way to just, like, share love and side with love. And so we decided that we were going to give away 100,000 cupcakes in the name of love. And we sent, like, oh, my God, it's, like, the most beautiful thing ever, literally. I'm sitting in my bathroom because I have small children who are asleep. I'm so excited. We're calling our COO, our vice president, uh, our head of bakery at 10 p.m. Like, we ha- like literally, like, we don't have to be on every call. We're like, like adding the person. We're like, we want to we want to give away a million cupcakes in the name of love. And and so everyone was like so on board. We all decided to meet in the office at 7 a.m. the next morning and come up with our campaign. It was called Side with Love. We decided we were going to give away 100,000 cupcakes. That was the number that works for us, like financially, you know, it's a lot, you know, we're a business, we have to make money. Um, And so it was a newsletter, social media campaign. We had this awesome picture from my cookbook of my fingers in a peace sign with tie dye cake all over them. And that was the face of the campaign. And so we, we like announced it. We had over 60,000 people queued into our website. Our web developers at the time were so smart to tell us to have like this queue. And so our website didn't crash. We wound up giving away 150,000 cupcakes. Literally, like we ate the shipping. We, we free. We just wanted people to go to bakebymelissa.com and ship cupcakes to someone they love to make them happy and to side with love. And that was the way we responded to like so, to hate really, you know, like to 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 something that was making people sad. And 
I think if everyone kind of like that's like large scale, of course, and like we did it because that's who we are at Baked by Melissa. And it was just like a way for us to share that attitude with hmm. with the world. But I think if everybody embodied a little bit more of that and and kind of met hate with love and like really just led by example and did the right thing. And and I believe that leading by example and doing what's right is the best way to respond to negativity and like like even my three-year-old i teach her that you know now i know i know this is not what that moment was about but i think anyone listening would be very interested if after that if you saw some impact on your sales or conversion that 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 led you to say this was not just a great decision as a as as people running a company or as a responsibility for a company as part of the world, but also fiscally it was a responsible act. Was it? Yes, it was. And we still hear from our customers and how much it, it just, it made them happy. Listen, we're not saving the world. We're selling cupcakes. We make people happy. Like I would love to say that like every cupcake sold like saves a dying child in Africa. But like, that's not what we do. We literally make people happy with our delicious handcrafted bite-sized cupcakes. And how can we do more of that to make an impact and to to make the world a better place? And I think Side with Love is a perfect example of that. And it's something that we always consider in every initiative that we're working on. What I love about the story too is the process behind it. Like you guys coming up with an idea and then you articulating what happened, the phone calls, you know, going from three million down to a hundred thousand. Like, there's this like, you know, great idea. And then how do you make that reality? Um, sure, dream that, big. Yeah, that's just I love that story in in terms of the process of it and and how it. Will you unfolded. run the campaign again? We talk about it. <laughs> I was like, there's to. still term left. You I know mean, we'll you do, know, we'll do something else. <laughs> the, the Election is, Day. The day exactly. We'll, we'll do, oh, the, just like fun fact. So we do love to do promotions, of course. And uh, what we did the Election Day promotion, we offered 10% off. I think it was like the day after Election Day or something. Day of and whatever it was a time Crying in New York City, cupcake? yes, and it that was. was the highest redeemed promotion we've ever had. <laughs> Everyone really needed a little just joy. Funny and like interesting because people funny. just wanted a bite of something that made them happy. It was a very stressful day. Uh, believe me, I sent some cards to people after. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I, I will, like it. I could not feel more passionately about this like positivity thing. Um, my dad, this is so silly, but it's something that my CEO literally reminds me of often. My dad used to drive me to elementary school and give me a speech. You're smart. You're capable. You could do anything you set your mind to. The world is your oyster every single day to the point that I would mock his words. But now as a 35 year old who's running a business with a team of like-minded, hardworking, passionate people who can do anything, those words are what made me have the confidence and yeah. and and take risks and do things like this. Obviously, sank in with your brother too, since you're both entrepreneurs. It seems like it. Yeah, and the truth is, my brother is my biggest fan, and and I think like the way and now at as a parent, like I've learned that really the way you treat your children is the way they treat each other, and the way they treat each other is the way they treat others, and all of a sudden it's like how people treat each other. So you just, you gotta like give love, man. <laughs> Up next, things get personal with Melissa, and you'll hear how Melissa works to inspire her children. 
from a very young age. Entrepreneurista, a woman who organizes and operates a business, taking on greater than normal financial risks in order to do so. One who has a drive, passion, and vision with an undying determination to succeed. She is fiercely motivated, ambitious, and competitive, forging her own path to independence and success. That's an entrepreneurista. Through the conversations on the Entrepreneurista podcast, we want to celebrate failures, reflect on successes, and get unfiltered about what it takes to be your own boss. This is the Entrepreneurista podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have, with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done, and what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram, with no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Check out all our latest episodes at entrepreneurstapodcast.com. All right, Melissa, uh, this is the part of our show where we get to know you a little bit more because I feel through our conversation, we haven't gotten to know you at all. <laughs> at all. I uh, am big, by Melissa. You mentioned you have two children. Mm-hmm. And you've talked a lot about the bringing of joy. You've also talked a lot about, for lack of a better way of putting it, rolling with punches, lemonade out of lemons, sure. turning tough situations into into uh, positive situations. So how old are your kids right now? I have a three-and-a-half-year-old, and my youngest is turning one Wowie. next week. So even at one and, and three-and-a-half, uh, how – do you sense that you are instilling those values in your children? Um, can you give any examples of how you're thinking about that or how you're trying to lead by example even at those ages or, or plant those those imprints? Sure. I actually – I think as most parents probably do, I think my three-year-old is incredibly smart. And I've also, she has taught me that she gets it, man. Like before she could even speak, she, the way they absorb your energy and the things that you do, she literally like the things that come out of her mouth. I'm like, holy crap. I got to watch what I say. Like she just repeats me. The way she treats her one-year-old sister is the way I treat her one-year-old sister. The things that she says to her is what I say to her. And so I've really like learned from that and I just try and explain everything to my three and a half year old of course specifically so like this morning and I also want her to like the world is her oyster so uh, this is crazy but like she really likes to paint so and I love arts and crafts so every morning lately I have this like roll of craft paper that I literally just cover the coffee table with and she can paint so what? Like, pain will get places. I'll clean it up after. So today, and I and I tell her every morning when I do it, I'm like, okay, Scotty, you can... She wakes up asking to paint, obviously. I would involuntarily, like, make my living room an art studio for a three-and-a-half-year-old while I'm getting ready for work. But she asks, and I don't want to say no. I don't want to limit her creativity. And so this morning, I'm, like, setting up the paints for her. I'm like, okay, Scotty, I'm going to let you paint, but, like, you have to be neat. Don't make a mess because mommy's getting ready for work and mommy doesn't have time to clean up the paint. And then sure enough, like there are little paint like fingerprints all over the floor and my one-year-old has paint in her hands and 
a little bit on her face. I'm like, Scotty, like, this is why I asked you not to make a mess. Like, you have to watch Lenny if you want to paint. You have to be responsible. And, like, what does she pick up from that? I don't know. But I believe that I, as long as I am, like, treating her the way I would want to be treated, then I'm doing the best I can. Of course. And I, I make mistakes. That's but how like, they learn. They, they learn by the, yeah, the, just like explaining the data the, that comes into them. And you're a big source of that. And that the why. Like understanding why. I think I've read a book that like start with why or something. I think like everyone at Baked by Melissa needs to understand why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah. And that translates to a three and a half year old finger painting at 6 a.m. So we're here in New York. You have young kids in New York in Manhattan. How does that, how does Manhattan or New York City play into, I mean, it's where your brand was born. Does it play into the brand? Does it play into the way you think about things, you as a, as a mom? Baked by Melissa was born and raised in New York City. I grew up in northern New Jersey. Our bakery is actually in New Jersey. Our stores are in Manhattan for the most part. Our corporate office is in Manhattan. I actually live in Hoboken. I moved to Hoboken right before I gave birth to my oldest, Best place ever. Um, New York City is a land of opportunity. I don't know if we could have done what we did anywhere else. The foot traffic, the diversity, the constant inspiration, the energy that really serves as motivation to me. I, I just feel so lucky to be here. Do you ever think about expanding outside of New York since this is the... We absolutely think about expanding outside of New York. We talk about it every single day. And we have focused on growing in new markets. Digital marketing is great for that. But pop-ups will ultimately probably um, be the answer for really going into do- to new markets. It'll be part of the strategy, at least. And that's definitely in the plan. Uh, this has a little bit of um, personal, a lot of personal, hopefully, and less business, but um, a lot of people, their dynamic with their significant other probably wouldn't allow them to work together. So, um, and I'm sure you get some questions about this. Um, maybe you want to tell us a little bit uh, about your husband, how you met him, and then how did it come about that you were able to work together? Great question. We opened our first store on March 5th, 2009, a little pickup window that was attached to Cafe Barry. On March 6th, no. (laughs) (laughs) On Spring Street in Soho, coolest corner ever. So it's opening day. I'm 24 years old. Sitting at the bar of the cafe, we hired somebody to work the booth for that one day so I could chill. I didn't have the confidence. I think confidence is earned through experience, and so I've grown a lot since then. But at 24 years old, I had never worked a day in retail. I'm sitting at the bar at Cafe Barry thinking, who the hell is going to stop and buy these cupcakes from a hole in the wall? Like, what? And David Z was sitting next to me. And David Z, for those of you who know the name, he was the namesake of his own brand. He owned shoe stores in Manhattan. Um, And his nephew actually went on to, uh, he founded Kith, uh, Ronnie. And so David was a regular at Cafe Barry. I didn't, I had never met him, but um, somebody had said that's David Z. And to me, he was a celebrity. He's also like a character, like your friend's dad who takes it a little too far sometimes. <laughs> so he looks at me and he looks at the bartender. And I never met the bartender either. And he says, Adi, who is this beautiful girl? And the bartender looks me up and down and he says, she's going to be my wife. <laughs> and I thought to myself, what a f- jerk. <laughs> Like, who says that? What an opening line. Needless to say, that's how I met my husband. (laughs) Um, I fell in love with him very quickly. I think um, 
by mid-April, I mean, he was looking at me like I was the most beautiful girl in the world, and he made me feel that way. And so it wasn't March 6th, but it was I, very right. close and after I that. And I kind of, like, follow my heart. That's um, something that defines me. So that's how I met my husband, and then, like, we fell in love very quickly, and I wound up hiring him. I was 24 years old, baking every cupcake. I had this team of people who was helping me. I was managing the booth. I was doing all of the pickup orders. And so he was like, let me help you. And so I was like, fine, I'll hire you. You'll help me with deliveries. And he was literally one of like four people that was just running Manhattan deliveries of cupcakes all day, every day. And he would come back and he would make these suggestions like operationally and they were very helpful. And then one day he was like, let me try icing a cupcake and he could ice a cupcake. And just for those of you who don't know, like you can either ice a cupcake or you can't ice a cupcake. You can't train somebody <laughs> to no ice a ground. cupcake. So at the time it was like me and one other person. So Adi and I, my now husband, iced every single cupcake we sold from Baked by Melissa for the first two and a half years we were in business. And we fell in love over icing cupcakes, essentially. On my break, I would sit next to him while he was icing cupcakes. We would race to see how many trays each one of us could ice every day. The first Valentine's Day we were together, 9 p.m. Valentine's Day, we're sitting there making the Valentine's Day cupcakes that were very, very popular in Manhattan. And... um I was like, you didn't do anything for me for Valentine's Day. And he looks at me. He's like, I made you thousands of tiny cupcakes with these little, at the time, like the topping was these little micro hearts that like had to be hand placed on the side of the icing. And <laughs> so, um, yeah, now uh, we are the product development team. He works out of the bakery every single day. I create and conceptualize every new product and flavor. So what that means is I'm like, the mad scientist. It's so funny. Like, I'm always thinking about this stuff. So literally once a quarter, like I'll be thinking, oh, I know it's getting closer to the time that I have to finalize like upcoming product. And then I'll sit at my desk. I'll open an email draft and it'll it'll be there for like a week and I'll just keep adding to it. That's just add, like all the flavors and the assortment. And I'll like go into great detail, like chocolate cake stuffed with the cookie butter dark chocolate icing ring and then like there will be new components that I'll have to write out the recipes for like all in my head and then I meet with my vice president and we just really drop it into um, a calendar and we finalize all the dates and then she drops it into spec sheets and sends it to my husband and he creates it and we're very competitive in the kitchen so oftentimes he'll be like you asked for this so I made it for you but I also made this because I think it'll be better and um, it works Amazing. Awesome. Thank you. All right. We like to ask our guests, Melissa, uh, if they have any final thoughts or words of wisdom that they'd like to share with our listeners. It could just reflect on our conversation. It could talk about retail in general or anything else that you might like to leave. I think as corny as it sounds, you can do anything if you're willing to work hard and really focus. And I think the best thing that I've done um, is recognize what I'm not good at. And surround myself with people who have the skills that I don't. That's ultimately what success is, is building a team of like-minded, hardworking, passionate people who get shit done and have skills that you don't. Thank you. And how can people, obviously people can find Baked by Melissa on Instagram, et cetera, at Baked by Melissa. Uh, how can they also reach out directly to you or uh, to connect with the things that are important to you? 
You could follow me on Instagram. I also have my own personal account. It's Melissa Beneshai. I am always looking at the messages that I receive, and that is the best way to get in touch with me. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Melissa Beneshai, the founder and president of and mad scientist of <laughs> Baked by Melissa. It was a treat, literally. And in spirit, having you here on Retail is Your Business. Thank you very, very much. And best of luck. I can't wait to visit your 15th store <laughs> whenever that happens. Soon. All right. Uh, It'll be a pop-up. Thank you very much. It was, <laughs> Maybe. And by the way, uh, on the snacks you brought, yum. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, all right. That's it, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I'm glad to have you here. We'll see you next time. Until then, for Chris. Bye, everyone. And Rebecca. See you soon. Thanks. I'm Mark Rico. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been Retail Is Your Business, produced by Mouth Media Network. Copyright 2019. Your brand message can be on this show. Email us to find out more at podcast at mouthmedianetwork.com. Thank you for listening. This is Mouth Media Network. Amplify and connect. Connect.